0: Thank you, love, and welcome to Medicine Color Podcast. I want to invite you another layer deeper into the temple. We have a Patreon, and I would love for you to check it out. There are layers of support and nourishment For people calling medicine and for people restoring the temple, people healing together, I would love for you to come support this podcast and be supported in even more ways. To all my Patreon members, thank you. We are in this together. I appreciate you. I'm grateful. We'll talk soon. Consider yourself invited. Check it out. And I invite you to join. Let's get on with the show. Intimate, wise, and healing conversations with the people who are carrying us through this time of true transformation and complete rebirth. Welcome to Medicine Collar, where visionaries share the real, the raw, the good, and the holy. I am your host, Sophia Wise One. Let's journey. and welcome to Medicine Caller. They call me Sophia Wiseman, and I'm your host. Welcome back. So the last time we talked, I was in a real raw space, uh, post-creative project birth. I was in a creative project postpartum depression state and shared pretty rawly about that. Here I am a couple weeks later, and I Through the diligence of practice and kindness, and some travel and uh, some adventures, and a lot of rest, I am every day feeling that much more resilient and that much more available to what's coming next. So And it's really raw. It's still a really raw time. So I'm really excited today to to share this human with you who I met through Amy Jo Goddard. You can check out. I have a great interview with Amy Jo Goddard on the show. Uh, And uh, we did an event, Sunny and I did an event through Amy Jo Firewoman Retreat. And we met and Sunny is just brilliant i'm gonna i'm gonna read you her bio here so you can get a little bit of a a like reality check on the 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 goddess that is in our (laughs) presence right now (laughs) oh wow yeah it's real it's real sunny sunny megatron reality check sunny megatron okay just check that name out is a sexual sexuality educator and media personality. She co-hosts and produces American Sex Podcast and is also the host and executive producer of the Showtime original television series Sex with Sunny Megatron. Her work has been featured in Cosmo, in Playboy, in Jezebel, in BuzzFeed, in CNN, in Refinery29, in Playgirl magazine, and more, and three-time nominee of X-Biz Sexpert of the Year. She was also voted Kinkley's sex blogging superhero of 2017 and named one of the six savvy sexologists in North America. Sunny's passion is helping people become their authentic sexual selves by learning to overcome shame and shed inhibitions. As a lifestyle BDSM enthusiast, much of her work centers around normalizing alternative sexual practices and ending sexual stigma. Welcome, Sunny.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. I know whatever our conversation is going to unfold unfold to be, it is going to be magical.
0: I feel the same way. So so a couple things, just even as I kind of tap into this. One, I said to you before... I think of kink work as inherently and kink play, right? Like the work of it being someone who does it professionally or personal exploration as being inherently a healing process because it is a yeah. exploration of power and, um, and consciousness, right? It's like, it's like, like, like it, it has that aspect in it. And so I think of kink in a couple different ways. The other thing I think about kink is we took our medicine practices from across the globe and throughout the centuries when it was getting hunted and uh-huh. broke it into pieces and it went underground and in a splintered way. And so meditation and like, you know, light working light lattice energy work is one aspect and bondage and extreme sensation is another aspect of medicine consciousness development. And I really believe that these things got splintered and sent underground as a way of surviving. And that a lot of what we're doing now is the reclamation of them and then also the integration, the process of allowing them to come back into relationship with one another.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it makes me sad, but also makes me feel like I got a lot of work to do, that the vast majority of people, when they hear that, they're like, what? You know, and they think it's like, oh, it's all about uh, sex. I can swear, right? Can I swear? Yes. Okay. Well, fuck it. Or it's all about like the 50 shades of gray aspect. And it's like, it is so deep and it is so healing and it can be individualized for so many different people's specific situations to help them in whatever they need help in that. I mean, it it blows people's minds, but I I feel like we'll never get to the point of letting the majority of those people, even in on a little bit, even Mm -hmm. giving them a peek. Like it's more than just, what you see on Law and Order SVU, you know? <laughs> cringe, <laughs> cringe, right? Cringe. Yes,
0: yes. Can can you talk about what what that right, like the spectrum, right? It's like I just I have so mm-hmm. much respect for the people that are practicing what I will say are it's like I don't even know how to say it because it's like it to me, it's like there's no fringes because it's a it's a it's like a circle. Right. Like you go all Brack. the way out to one edge and then you like cross back. in. You just like cross into another zone. But there's a lot of people that are working with, let's say, like a classic BDS image of someone being tied up and hit right? That that's like Uh one image, that that's the agreement. It's like, then that's right. It's impact, right? Like working with impact sensation and, and power dynamics, um, in that play. What's some other examples of explorations, like concept, like what, what else do people not even Uh know about?
1: Okay. So what I usually like to tell people who are trying to get a different view or more correct view of BDSM is first, Like everything that you've seen in the media, everything that you think you know about BDSM, throw it out the window. Because we see, you know, when we... boom gone. Gone. Um, When we see the imagery of BDSM, we get a very uh, narrow view of it's, you know, a cishet couple, dominant man, submissive woman, everything's mean and and everyone's wearing black leather and there's chains and it's very serious and it's like... No, you know, I, one of the things I love is clown play. So I'll get there in a minute Um, and then (laughs) (laughs) ease into it. (laughs) So, and another thing people automatically assume is that BDSM is inherently about the physical. Mm. And I completely disagree. I think the physical is a tool that we often use to get where we want to get mentally. And a lot of people do use the physical, but it's not necessary and it's not what makes BDSM inherently BDSM. So the, the acronym, or not acronym, the um, metaphor I like to use is think of, if I, let's say I'm negotiating a theme with you, I'm the dominant and you're the submissive. Um, think of it as I'm an engineer and I design roller coasters and you're my writer. And I'm going to have a conversation with you and I'm going to say, okay, you know, do you like dark turns? Do you like the water splash? Maybe you're like, oh, the water splash sucks, messes up my hair, but I love the dark tunnels or whatever. And I, I get a feel for what you like and what you don't like. And then my job is to go away and, you know, think off all my devious things and construct a mental roller coaster ride for you. My goal is this roller coaster is what's happening in your head. I may very well choose to tap into what's going on in your head through the physical, but it's first and foremost about the mind fuck, not the physical fuck. Mm-hmm. So um, when I design this roller coaster, though, I want to design it in a way where even though I completely went to your specific specification, I'm not going to throw in something you said you didn't want, but I'm going to assemble the things you said you liked in a way where it feels like a complete surprise. It feels like even though you know this is a very controlled ride and we negotiated what the specs were, you might have a few moments where you think like, oh shit, is this going to go off the rails? Like it's just everything going to be thrown off? the way. Am I going to fly across the park? Um, and I want to get you to that place where I get, you know, everything in your brain and your insides, just, you know, your hormones and your adrenaline and all those things going crazy. Your neurotransmitters are having a good old dance. Um, and I want you to get to a place where you forget about all your inhibitions. You forget about the grocery list of this, that, and you are in it and that happens not only for the writer. But that also happens for me as the engineer as well. So we both want to get to that place. And if we choose to put physical stuff with it, like if I choose to tie you up or hit you or whatever, fine. If, it chooses, if we choose to make it sexual, fine. But those are optional. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally. That mm-hmm. totally makes sense to me. Does... I just, I love the way that you talk about it. So a couple things happen for me. One is kind of you like go on this whole thing and it's like, okay, well that's like, I know it touches for me, it touches that notion of like, there's so much, it's like, I use the term like power dynamic, right? But like, as you describe that, it's like very obvious what we're talking about is just being like, I'm, that is like, I give frameworks of what I want to do. And then it requires so much surrender to actually mm-hmm. like participate and, and to do that in a way that. I know I'm going to surrender into something and I know that it's going to take place inside the parameters that I have given it, right? To like really trust mm-hmm. someone to like For respect it. that. And then that the goal of that in so many ways that you just talked about, what you like nailed as your center point was presence, was being so deeply present. Yeah. I have a question. Do you um, do you have any stories for yourself or for other people that you would feel comfortable sharing around like being in the middle of a scene or being in the middle of an exchange with someone and and having something really like big like like an emotional or a physical kind of thing come up for a person and need to really shift
1: gears to hold space for a, a process for that is that something that happens It does happen sometimes, you know, Um, and I I think of it mainly um, under the context of cathartic tears. Mm. You know, if someone gets to the point where it just starts coming and they open up and, you know, at that point, you know, let's say it is it's a scene that is kind of harsh, maybe. And that's what caused them to cry. You know, there's time to step back. And, you know, not just keep going, right. you know, or we've done scenes sometimes where the love, I guess, that we're giving to someone is a complete surprise. And that's the whole point of the scene. They might think it's going down one road, like everything's scary and I don't know what's going on. And maybe, you know, they're they're tied up like what a, a simple example is um there is a technique of of writing on people. So I've seen this scene done and I've done this type of thing a number of times where someone's in the dungeon. Usually it's a crowded, like a party with a lot of people. And maybe that's submissive. You know, you're doing whatever, you know, maybe you vlog them and you've kind of gotten them mentally in that subspace sort of state. And they're blindfolded. And then you say, you know, maybe they are into being humiliated. Maybe they want to explore that, you know, what makes them feel bad, you know, because they want to try a lot. Oftentimes when people want to be humiliated, it's because they want to really explore those places that make them, you know, and really either change the outcome of them. You know, Mm -hmm. if if you're in control of somebody humiliating you, it's, Like in the real world, when you got beat up on the playground or your abusive ex-partner or whatever it is, you're in control. So you're reframing the outcome of those situations. And that can be really healing. So let's say they're into being humiliated and, you know, okay, I'm going to blindfold you and I'm going to give everyone here in the dungeon a Sharpie. And they're going to write on your body exactly your flaws, what's wrong with you, what they really think about you. And then you know they feel the people writing on them, right? But what you haven't told them, what you haven't told them is, you've maybe whispered to everyone in the dungeon, and then you, you know you're saying, "I'm going to take off that blindfold so you can read." You know what a filthy pig you are, whatever. And then they read, and it's you're beautiful. Your, you know, this part of your body is gorgeous. You're so smart. You're so intelligent. You're valuable. Mm. And, you know, I've seen people just, cause it's a, it's a mind fuck. They think they're gonna like really revel in this. And people just, I mean, it is just so magical to watch. Like, even right now, I'm getting like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but well,
0: I think about like the that.
1: alchemy of like people,
0: cause the whole time, I think about how we're our harshest critics right. so often, um, or right. at least we were taught how to be a harsh critic if we really had a like a physical harsh critic in our life. And so while that's happening, like they're most likely, I know I would, I would be imagining all of the yes. things that are being written on me. Like I would right. be playing out all of my, words like, and that moves me, right? Like all of my worst Like ideas and like I'm actually having a very deep experience right now around humiliation and um, uh, humbleness, and I just my whole life is like in this just total transition moment, and um, and I'm just having a lot of personal experiences of that, and so just thinking about that, like sitting there and just like assuming or making up what it is, and then to read in response. The, yeah. the contrary to that. That sounds really... Right.
1: And there, there's so much symbolism there, you know, if you really think about it and whether, you know, let's say you're that person and you're that submissive, whether you consciously pick up on the symbolism or not, it still sinks in. So it's like, oh, all the things you think, you know, like you were saying, you could feel each letter being written and you're imagining exactly what they're writing and you're going through it and you realize... All of those horrible things that you thought about yourself when you saw people and you're like, I know they're thinking about me and I know these are the horrible things they must be thinking. They're not at all. These are all the good things that they're thinking or, you know, all of the, those bad negative things suddenly just transform. And you realize how, in a sense, pointless they were, mm-hmm. how just in your head they were, mm-hmm. how much your brain can create this illusion that puts you in so much turmoil and really it's nothing like you're just the one making it up it's only inside your own head and like that that alone is so transformative and those are so those are the things that i love doing with kink and you know whether it's something like that's a pretty heavy duty scene that's a, a scene where if there's people around watching they're all shedding a little tear through you know um and then some other scenes that may seem fun and quirky and, you know, like I would saying, we're clowns and we're doing this stuff. They don't all have to end like in an actual therapy session. right? Um They also do very transformative things for us, whether we realize it or not. That was actually my
0: next question, too. So it's what I like lead you like you're going there. I want to say okay. something about that. So I know that joy and like actual free pleasure uh-huh. and play, like satisfying play can be massively liberating past an identity that we previously had or past a limitation of notion of self Mm -hmm. or you know, transmuting and and alchemizing some idea of getting permission to be that happy or that expressed or that um, even if it's something that we did once and we don't want to do it again, or if we do it once and then go like, oh my God, I want to do this every day for the longest time, you know? (laughs) So I'd love to hear, yeah, like an example or a couple examples, like what comes to mind for you around that of like the that playful, joyful, permissive, expansive, playful space that also is, you know, that doesn't have to be like,
1: I need a, this is like, pause, <laughs>
0: I need a minute right, I'm right. processing, right? Like the kind of thing that you go through, right? I know, for me, I'll just say one more thing here, which is like, for me, I've had really powerful um, role playing, live live action fantasy role playing adventure stuff that I've done Mm -hmm. where the game was like epic and fun, but it was like weeks later when I'm telling the story. Like, I was running down the hill and then I like killed the werewolf and then I like ripped off the werewolf's head and then I like ran in just in time and then this person was like sick and they were, and then I did the thing and then I stood there and we like did the spell and then they were all healed and like, and having this feeling of like, I did it. You know, and then being so confident and being like, I did that, you know, and telling this story like over and over again of just being like, I did it, you know, and watching myself evolve and change as I have that story of this, like, this thing that I did, um, like that piece, Mm -hmm has like really been very powerful for me as well as the magic for me in those spaces, like spell casting and role playing and having these very like embodied feel like feeling sensations and being like walking away and being like, that was so real. Like I was playing a game, but the feeling
1: was real. Yeah. Okay. So I totally get that because I am an like an RPG geek. I play Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff. And there there really is, and I just did an interview on my podcast with a bunch of gamers that have created like sex-based LARPs, which is live action role-playing for the non-geeks listening. So yeah, a whole, whole I'm I'm geeking out. Anyway, so one of my favorite sexuality or favorite BDSM educators specifically, Midori. Her definition of BDSM, I was like, that's it. That's the definition I was looking for. But you have way better words than I do. Um, she says kink is childlike play with adult sexual privilege and better toys. And it's like fucking A. That is it. So, you know, when we think about play and the study of play is a whole neuroscience. And I highly encourage people if you're like, what? It's a... Go look up Dr. Stuart Brown. There's a book called Play, Dr. Stuart Brown and his partner that I can't remember, uh, wrote Blow Your Mind. Um, So we know that play is important for kids. You know, they play on the playground um, or even like little kittens chase their mama's tail because it's teaching them to learn how to hunt later in life, that sort of thing. But what we don't realize, especially living in this day and age, that play is a profound biological process that we need throughout our entire lives. And the way we live our lives now, it's like, that's silly. Who would, oh, that's ridiculous. You're an adult. Stop that. Uh. Go, go do adult things. And we shame ourselves out of playing. And, it, and we, we crave it. Whether we realize it or not, we crave that uninhibited, you know, that state of flow where you're just completely in it. And... It's important. It's very, very important. So um, adults need this kind of play. And I think BDSM and role play is the perfect way to do it. Like we were saying, there's plenty of Dungeons and Dragons players out there that totally get into their characters and they're really in it. Or maybe... Maybe there's something else that you play. But even even to an extent like the bowling team that you're on every week or just the silly time you have with that one friend where you just laugh and giggle and you're silly and you kind of like time falls away and you're like, holy crap, we've been laughing for four hours already? (laughs) That's what we need. And the thing is when we are in that true state of play, where everything falls away, like we lose sense of time, all our inhibitions fall away. We're not thinking about the grocery list. We are we are a different person. We are characters. We are in it. We're doing really cool things. you know it's like I'm not a neurologist, but you know if you think about your brain and the habits that you're in, you know you have these neural pathways that wire like this is what I do. this is it. there's one way to do this. When you're playing, you suddenly, all your normal ways are off the table. You could say, you know, in my, and I did this. I've started, I played World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. That's when it started. I am a very introverted person, even though people, I'm an introvert, extrovert, extrovert, introvert, whatever. And I always played characters, and I still do this in D&D, characters that didn't fight like hand to hand. I was always the one standing in the Background throwing spells because I was too scared to take the initiative or get into the action. And when I was playing years ago World of Warcraft, I was like, I want to play a warrior, Uh which is a tank, which they are the ones that run first in the battle. They're up because I'm like, it freaking terrifies me. Yeah. And I somehow recognized in myself, like, I need to develop that part of myself. Yeah. And when I did it in a game as a tank, where it was in a safe container where I could screw up and it was okay. Yeah. I suddenly took on the qualities of that extroverted tank who wasn't afraid to get on out there into my real life. And that's what we're doing, whether we're Dungeons and Dragons, whether we're playing kink, whatever. We're doing, we're changing the way our brain works. We're changing our knee jerk emotional reactions to things that make us go, Well, I don't want to do that because something bad's going to happen. Maybe our brain is wired that way because of trauma. Right. Maybe we know oh, if we do that thing, a bad thing happens. So never doing that again. <sighs> but hey, if we're in a kink scene in a controlled environment where everything's safe and we do that thing and something good happens, that's going to spill into your real life. Yeah. It's amazing. It's magic. It's magic. Yeah. It's magic. And kink, really
0: my understanding is kink is like I catch all for like anything that someone even maybe personally identifies as being like a little on the like freaky, not so normal side. Like kink doesn't necessarily right. mean uh, BDSM dynamic or does it? That's my question. It
1: really depends. It depends. There is no set definition. Okay. A lot Good of people answer. use BDSM and think interchangeably. Yeah. So, and and just like for those listening along, BDSM is bondage and discipline, dominance and submission and sadomasochism. And in order to be considered some practices BDSM, you don't have to like every letter of the acronym. Let's say you just are into bondage, the B, and and fuck the DDSM, you know, DSM. Um, don't that's fuck fine. the DDSM. You're still- Yeah. yeah. You're still a a BDSM practitioner. So, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately more and more, and this is kind of where I'm taking my personal journey really about the uh, impact of play and how healing that is and how I find that through BDSM. Um, For me personally, I tend to separate my physical sexuality with BDSM, for me, BDSM is a turn on, but it doesn't make my genitals tingle. It makes my brain tingle. And for me, even though people don't think of that as, well, how is that a turn on? It's There's just something so satisfying about like feeding my brain, the thing it needs, that it's still a turn. It's more of kind of a power trip turn on, I guess. Um, It's fun. You're getting a pleasure
0: response. It's just not physically engorging your genitals.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, um you know and I thought about this when when I was at Firewoman because it wasn't an audience that was inherently, you know, kink leaning. It was sort of a general audience and a lot of people were, you know, came in there with the attitude I think kink is what I saw in 50 shades of gray, which wasn't for me. And it's like suddenly it becomes this therapeutic playful improv and I saw in a lot of the people in that audience like I want to do that. Like, can we do that right now? Can, you know, or maybe like, I want to do that. And I'm with a room of other people that really know, you know, we're all on the same page because we're all in the same conversation. Maybe I can't take that back to my partner because I'm not going to be able to translate kind of the magic we had in that little circle. Can we do this with each other? And it's like, there's no set standard for being like, you know, hey, uh, Sophia, I'm feeling playful. There's a part of my personality I want to explore. Do you want to do a role play with me? It doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be, but we can go there mentally with each other with that kind of like deep mind fucky role play. And I really think that platonic mental kink needs to be more of a thing. Like, I would love to, you know, I'm hanging out with my best friend for the night. We can either have some profound conversation over wine about all of the people that have hurt us romantically in our lives. Or we could do some, like, fucked up role play that maybe isn't sexual at all. But afterwards, we're like, whoa, that was fucking great. I want more people to do that. So. And so I, I-, I don't think we have a. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like,
0: yes. So as someone who was never a tabletop role player, only ever a live action role player. Oh, and you're a LARPer. Okay. I'm like a full LARPer. So, like, I, and I didn't even know that LARPing was a term until I had been LARPing for, like, over seven years. Because technically what I do is what's re- referred to as Nordic LARPing because it's not okay. heavy on the game system side. It's really heavy on the, like, improv And like creative and like archetype stuff. So what you're talking about, Sunny, to me is like literally the elixir of life, like the best parts of everything, you know, and that um, that cultivation of and it's actually deeply rooted in my deck and game that I made. And there's a bunch of games inside my deck that are about not just doing some deep emotional processing, but like being fucking goofy just being ridiculous and 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 expanding past our notions and limitations of self and finding ourselves like where I am now I love this this feels like so perfectly timed so so I'm gonna get I'm gonna like I'm gonna like get real a little bit like for me right now so one of the things that's active for me right now and I'm like I'm like inviting in like the window of skylights above me right now and I feel like I'm like inviting in like Okay, let's see what kind of, like, assistance and shift can happen, like, right, right now in real time with us, okay? Yeah. I've had oh, – oh, my God. I'm just going to say it. I've been a shitstorm with money for my entire adult life.
1: Me too. I'm with and you. And I'm over
0: it. Like, I'm so over it. I see it. I had a conversation with a friend of mine today, and she, I was describing to her this experience of being an entrepreneur of, like – Make it, lose it, make it, lose it, make it, lose it, make it, lose it, like this, like, and she was like, there's something kind of like addictive about that, that you're describing. And I was like, Mm -hmm. it's just been like reverberating through my being. And I'm like, well, first of all, it was totally modeled for me by my father's entrepreneurial behavior, 100%. And, um, and, and then of course the like alanat the like the like being the child of that landscape and then learning that behavior and so it's like that classic situation that it's I'm in the process of processing right so i've had this i really the past 2 years have looked at like seeing this like crash and burn experience being uh, physical health, my sexual, my romantic relationships, my financial relationships, seeing that pattern and being like, no, 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 like I want something different. And so the first year after I really claimed that as wanting something different, it was a lot of, I think, gathering courage. It was like a lot of watching myself do same patterns, thinking I was doing them differently, but like not really, you know? And then a year ago, I was like, I just ran the same pattern faster and harder than I ever had before. I made more money and created more debt in under a year in a way that I had, like, never done before and was like, okay, this is an issue. Like, this is a mm-hmm. fucking issue. Like, I like I have a problem, right? Like, it's like this, like, surrendered experience, you know? And so what I said, and I am very grateful for my, like, medicine practice in this because I'd done a lot of ceremony in the year and a half, two years previous to that, that was a lot of about healing a sense of worthiness. Because one of the things that I realize is at the seat, it's like there's no way for me to... It's like, going to make me cry. There's no way for me to get honest about that crashing and burning without admitting a deep-seated belief that I didn't deserve to be taken care of and I didn't deserve to be stable and I didn't deserve fill in the blank, you know? That I, like, had that, that, that deep seed. And so I feel like I've been... Doing this process of like weeding the garden, like pulling out the 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 treads of and the tracks and the roots of of those things. And right now I feel so in like when I do these scans of myself, like, again, like through that quantum realm and I scan my unconscious self and I scan my subconscious self and I scan my conscious self, I am deeply empty and spacious in my unconscious and subconscious self like ceremony is powerful like it worked like I look and I'm like okay and I have this humility like I am putting this on like (laughs) hi everybody if you're listening to me because you know (laughs) sunny trust me with your spiritual journey it's a great idea you know but it's like fuck like I'm so humbled and I'm I'm in this deep place of humility that's like one thing that I know from my journey of transforming is like, this is not the first time I've identified as some identified something that I was ashamed to admit in that humility was able to ask and pray for something different. Like four mm-hmm. years ago, I realized I had never prayed. I had never asked to have blissful menstruation. I had only ever asked to like, make it not so bad, you know? And I was like, I just wanted it to not, not be so bad, you know? And then right. I was like, Oh, wait, I want blissful menstruation. I want to like feel the beauty and the peace in my body that I know is possible. And what I can tell you is that I still, when I menstruate every time right now, have these moments where I'm like, yeah, this is blissful bleeding. Like, here I am, blissful bleeding, you know? Or the amount of times that I was having emotional sensations and leaving my body and then the struggle to come back in. And now I have these intense sensations and I'm like, this is me in my body, you know? Like, I'm not losing my sheet, screaming at the top of my lungs at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a public area, actually. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that's not what I'm doing anymore, you know. So, I have this like deep faith of now that I have this clarity of like, I want financial stability in my life, which I was never mm-hmm. able to own and claim and name and say, I wanted that. You know, right. I was, I was, I blessed myself in that. It was arrogance, it was stubbornness, it was, um, It was this addict behavior. Like, I was like, I can make it happen. I can make it. I got to hustle. I got to hustle. I got to hustle. But hustling made me sick. And through the process of healing myself, my health was no longer a worth. It it was it. it, I wouldn't risk it. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's going to fucking kill me. Like, I can't do this. It's going to kill me. So so I stopped. And so now here I am, like, ready to learn something new. Like when I do the scans and I look and it's my conscious mind that is the most... it's like, again, I'm looking out the windows. It's like, may it be changed now? I welcome it. Welcome it. Welcome it. Well, by the time this podcast released, this will be different. Um, you know, like this notion of like this, like coming back to this role playing of like literally having the cognitive function of someone who is not running those cycles, like identifying right. and role playing. And I did a lot of role playing with that in this past year by being financially supported by a lover in a way that I never had been before. And so mm-hmm. I role played what it was like to have constant stability.
1: Like right. and that it, changes that changes your, your neural pathways, it changes the way you think and it changes your life. Just even, you know, stepping into that role for pretend yeah. actually affects real damn life. Yeah. You know, and I think that another thing that you zeroed in on it, that's very important. And I, I, am actually very with you because I have the same like issues with financial stuff and, and Stand it is, right it's now, like, right I, yeah, totally do it. Open my window. Um, <laughs> you know, and it is the same thing. It's like growing up and, and having this belief that I didn't deserve it, that I'm not worthy of it, that I'm, you know, I don't have the know-how to keep it if I get it kind of thing um, because I'm not, you know, it's just not in me, you know, I'm kind of thing. not that kind of person. Exactly. And then there is a lot of, like, you know, especially for me growing up like food stamp girl, like, you know, didn't have much. It was the people that had money. I have some, like, real bad judgment against people with money and I got to get over that like oh you're shallow you don't care about anybody like you know us poor people we're real you know we're real and so it's like half of me feels shame for you know not or not feeling like I deserve it and the other half of me feels ashamed because I'm still holding those judgments that I shouldn't be And it's like, I have, I don't know what the hell I'm doing with that, but I'm trying to work on it. But, you know, you hit something that whatever is bothering us, you know, whatever we're looking to get from our sexuality or our kink, we need to boil down to the lowest common denominator. Hmm. And when we do, we will find that we are all very similar and they're all very simple things, you know, like not feeling worthy wanting to just be loved, flaws and all, Yeah. wanting not to be judged. Like those are – when we boil it down to that common denominator, there's just a very small handful of things that we all actually are so thirsty for. Um, But, you know, we think – that we complicate them. Well, this is that medicine practice
0: that I'm talking about. What you're talking about is like at the core of what we're navigating is – is what I call soul unification, is like being ha- being a sanctuary for our own soul, being a place where our unique, you know, infinite self can be manifested and expressed.
1: Right. And right. be
0: safe and well and happy in that, you know, like that is this like nature and that that Maybe someday it will just be easy and given to us. But currently in the human condition, that's something work, we, we work and cultivate for together. Exactly. Ideally, that's exactly. something that we like literally brew with one another. And so yeah. that it's another place that and I think that when we get close to any part of ourselves, we start to see the need for you're talking about, like whatever that course is. So it's like if I really study on relationships in my heart, I'm going to find like I'm going to find my circulatory system and my cardiovascular system and my relationship dynamics are probably going to be asking for similar things from me. And yeah. if I start going into my root and my, my womb and my genitals and my creative – Generative, stabilizing self, I'm going to run into the same things that I'm longing for to express and to receive in my sex or my sexuality yeah. or my sexual expression, right? Which right. may or may not involve another person or 50 people or just be an a experience of our
1: own being. Right. And, you know, and it's like bringing this back to how you can use this in your kink. Once you identify what that core need is, like, let's say, we wanted to do a scene together centered around your relationship with money. And on the surface, I could see like, okay, well, I'm going to play the accountant. And, you know, or if we boil it, your will get a little. Uh, but if we... <laughs> I'm like, you definitely just not be on a mindfuck right now. That's like... <laughs> I'm but, like, okay. That's, as an alternative, okay, I'll put it if on the we list. boil it down to our your lowest common denominator, what is motivating that in you? What is motivating that block, that deficit? And it is you don't feel worthy. Well, right. at that point, we don't have to be like, I'm going to role play a banker. We could sit, do the scene I described where I'm flogging right. you. This has nothing to do with money. And the the ending point of that scene is to help you feel more worthy in whatever way that is. Right, That's going to help you with your money problems, even though on the surface, they don't seem connected at all. And it's like, you know, whether that's abandonment issues, whether that's, you know, that's common things. We don't feel worthy. We have abandonment issues. Um, you know, we, we have something that we're hiding about ourselves that we're ashamed of and we just want to be accepted. Like those are three very common things that most of us hold with us. And there are so many different role plays and variables that you can do to affect feelings positively in those realms. I mean, it's infinite the the type of play that you can do, you can suit it towards what you like. Do you like pain? Oh. Oh. You know, it's, you could do so many things. It's infinite. And it's so powerful.
0: Yeah. I'm having... Yep. I'm good. This is real... We're really having a medicine yeah. talk. I'm
1: really having some feelings. So, you know what? I, I, I highly suggest to people, if you're if you're having a huh right now, um, you know, may, you might know what your core need is. You might not. Uh, you know, I am all for if you're in therapy, like work that in your therapy there. And unfortunately most therapists aren't kink friendly, but you can find like, we just interviewed um, Andrea Glick from New York and she doesn't do BDSM in her sessions, but she, through talk therapy talks about like, okay, what kind of scenes can you put together in your private life that will help you work on this area that we've been talking about in therapy. So, you know, hopefully hopefully, You have a king friendly therapist. If you don't, you know, there needs to be more people. Like, I I train therapists and medical professionals. And uh, the fact of the matter is medical professionals have five to ten hours of sexuality education, usually not a lot on alternative sexuality. So a lot of them don't know, you know, even – Uh, licensed marriage and family therapists might not be well-versed in this sort of thing. So if you can find a therapist, great. If you can support people that train these therapists to make a better world a few years down the line, great. Or if you're really self-aware and you do your own self-therapy, start focusing on these things and thinking of ways that you can then incorporate that overarching theme into your play.
0: Love it. So love it. Love it! Thank you for your work, Sunny. Educate the people. I appreciate it. All the avenues huh. that you do, I do. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so what comes? So what came up for me was one was this piece of like that worthiness piece, and like feeling that move through, and still feeling that like ripple through my being, and these like t- they feel like tender tendrils in me. Like they feel very exposed, mm-hmm. and I can say that there's a lot of wholeness that I feel when you talked about doing a role playing with an accountant. What came up for me was that I was. Did talking- you get a little
1: rainforesty? Like, were you like, "Ooh, a little moist there"? <laughs> <laughs> As I like to say, suddenly there's a rainforest in my pants. <laughs>
0: I, I love that. I don't know if that was the experience I was having. Maybe I could I could slow down and see. I, I think. Yeah, a little bit, I think, because what was coming up for me was, actually, what was coming up for me was that I had just said to myself recently, I needed to role play, um, like, the way that I had role played this experience of being, like, having this experience of having stability, like, I, like, had this experience of, I was just like, wow, it was, like, really powerful to be like, oh, I can just, I I can just, like, make this decision, and, like, it's not an either-or decision, like, that's that's different like now that I've had that now that I don't have that financial support that I had before I am really having this experience of like yo how do I fucking like like I have this like I'm ready to provide that for myself in a way that was yes. huge and that's also a classic kind of sub dom experience that people have which is like a dominant provides this experience for a sub and then the sub walks away and goes oh I'm ready to provide that for myself I've watched people right cycle through that that's and just being cool. like now I know what that that's- feels like now I know what to say yes to now what I know now I know what that is like to then go Sonny I can see you go yeah
1: I no, I was you know a lot of people miss if you especially if you have a long-term don sub relationship that has a lot of you know psychological in nature your goal as a dominant is it's kind of like raising children you're raising them to live a good life and they're eventually going to leave you and that's the the attitude you have to take with your, your long-term submissive is you are helping them work on themselves to make themselves better. So eventually they don't need you anymore. And that's kind of sad, but it's, it's, you know, you're, you're helping somebody live a better life, you know, and whether that's in a very abstract way, or like I've had um, some submissives that I do a total control with that have, you know, I, I have someone who, just like marathons and triathlons, and hates training and hates, you know, eating right to train and da da da. So it's like that's part of our dynamic. If right. you do that stuff, you get a reward. And there's a lot of, you know, you hear about this financial domination. And there's a lot of 20 year old young things on Twitter that are like, I'm going to be a financial. Dom. And then they're like, fuck you, give me money. And it's like, to me, that's not what it's about. You know, a good financial dominant, if you have a, a lasting relationship with your submissive, you are, let's say you're restricting their money and you're, you know, I'm I'm watching their budget and I'm rewarding them or punishing them for things that they do with their money. That is directly, you know, I'm not just playing with I'm going to make you feel more worthy. I'm actually monitoring your finances. And if you do a good job and if, you know, if I say "Uh, you need to I'm going to put you in chastity, which for those that don't know, it's basically a cage that goes over your dick where you can't get hard, you can't masturbate. And it's very erotic to know, like, I, I want to get horny, but I can't, and someone else has control, physical control over my penis. And I say, all right, so I want to see your paycheck every week, I want to see your bank balance every week, you're gonna cut your grocery bill by 15%. You're gonna start turning off more lights so your electric bill's less. If you hit this financial goal, I'll let you out of chastity and let you have three orgasms. That's a very direct way of affecting somebody's finances yes. and learning and teaching them to be on a budget and making it really fun, like fun, miserable at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a punishment. It's you a know? punishment. Yeah. Which, you exactly. know. Exactly.
0: I think one of the things that I appreciate about Kingston or punishment or this idea for people is that people want a space where they're allowed to have sensation. Having such mm-hmm. a culture that's dominated by numbness and, and and kind of really, I think, praises a kind of numbness and detachment that to have a space where they're allowed to feel ashamed and pain and grief and anger and disappointment um, and to have someone who wants to see that, who wants to see that emotion. You know, it's like, I want to see mm-hmm. you get mad if you're mad. I want to see you like, you know, which may not be every agreement, you know, but I think that that's like, that's an element that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wild, that was that was awesome. Share. I I have this. Yeah. It, I have this. Um. I'm having this experience for myself around. Um, I think we just said it. I think we literally just covered it. Which is just like so. I'm having this experience right now of being determined and feeling capable in a way that I've never felt capable before. Yeah. To provide. That kind of um, like container for myself to have okay. a to have a constructive sub dom relationship with myself in in mm-hmm. pursuit of an experience of balanced unity for me that's my thing I'm ah, not like okay. like that's, that's for me I have this sense of like it's obvious I need a dom because I've been tantruming. Right, like it's like I I was really I was really humbled this winter because what I saw what I realized after a few weeks was that I was throwing these emotional tantrums which I hadn't done like that in in. Or, a long time that was like an old right. habit like, like surging to the surface and I was so humiliated and devastated and so regretful because it was so painful um, yeah. to, for not just for me tantruming on other people is very it's very painful and so having that experience uh, but unlike the last time that that came up for me I have this sense now of like oh you're tantruming you need more care, you need more structure, you need more. And the sense of like, I can do that for you now. And if I don't know how to do it, I'll learn how to do it. And that's a Mm -hmm. level of maturity that I didn't have before. And that was a level that I think that's a level of self-love. I think it's a level of like real self-love that I didn't have before that I have now. Um, Which is. Yeah. I we love. are
1: complex. I mean, <laughs> gosh, we are complex. But, you know, I really, the more I practice kink and the more I learn about healing and the more I learn about play, mm-hmm. the more I learn that they're just all one and the same. You know, it's so, it can be so healing. Even the silly stuff, like you were saying, the ridiculousness. When you're not like, okay, I'm going to make myself better and plan a scene, you know, uh, based on my insecurities. It doesn't have to be that heady. It can be, I'm going to throw on a clown outfit and make jokes and wear the silliest clothes and make a mess and not plan anything. Mm. Just whatever we do, we do. And it doesn't mean jack diddling. That can be just as healing. Because How often do we get to do that? Right. You know, that's why for a lot of people, um, littles play is really popular where they emulate like I'm a little kid. And, you know, for a lot of people, littles play isn't sexual. For some people it is. But, you know, the core of what it is, is being able to not have to adult to just be carefree, to tap into that place of when we're kids. Playing is second nature to us when we're kids. Like, we don't have to think about it. We haven't shamed ourselves over it yet. It's just what we do. Mm-hmm. And when you're an adult and you're trying to play, you got all this, like, well, you're, you know, your mom's voice, like, don't act so silly. You're, you're too old for this now. And, like, all that programming you've had your whole life makes you feel silly and shame yourself for just, like, doing the most ridiculous things. If you're being like, okay, suddenly I'm seven years old all those things just go away in your head and you can tap into that space. And that in itself is healing. A lot of people are like, I don't get little's play. Like it's weird. It's pedophilia. And it's like, that's not the point. It's the mental place that you're going to. You're yeah. going to that carefree place. Yeah. And where you don't have the responsibilities and you know the shopping list and the electric bill. And, and if you think about it that way, it's like, oh shit, we all need to go there. Like I was reading an article in New York They're, they're not kinky people, but they opened up like a daycare center for adults where you can go play with blocks and color and, and people are loving it. And it's like, don't y'all know you're doing little splay? Like they had no idea. And I've often said, I've often said if, if people could take the stigma and, and a lot of the, the, uh, very graphic sexuality out of kink. Yeah. That it it would be mainstream, like flogging, like the, you know, the, the whips with all the tips feels great. It's very, it's right. very, it's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. It's a massage. Mm-hmm. It's meditative. I, I often said if it wasn't associated with BDSM and some fancy ass spa in Manhattan or Beverly Hills started offering that as a therapeutic treatment. Yeah. And yeah. massage
0: therapy is called tapotiment. That's the, t- like, ah, okay. it has a name. Tapotement. Exactly. And traditionally, tapotement is done with your hands, but it's it. Tapotement is is the vibration of your tissues. It's relaxing the muscles by by striking mm-hmm. them, which vibrates them to yeah. either attachment. It's very it's very relaxing. It's like really mm-hmm. really activates the parasympathetic nervous system. I love. yeah I have a buffalo flogger, and I do it to myself in this like slow rhythmic. It's very calming, to me. And I like call upon the Buffalo medicine and I just like, like, it's like, so it's like us it's very, uh, it's like very, very very
1: relaxing. One thing I want to, that I think is is important for people exploring kink, whether they've been in it for a long time or they're, they're just thinking like, huh, I might want to try this. No act is inherently dominant or submissive. Meaning I generally find myself in the dominant role. However, I love to Be flogged. So, if I want to maintain that power exchange where I'm dominant, but I want to receive something that I'm bottoming for, I can still do it in a very. I can be like, "Get on your knees, pick up that flogger with your teeth." Okay, I'm gonna stand here, hit to the left. I'm still really dominant when I'm doing it. Um, but I can still receive and be the bottom for different acts. So, just because an act has you bottoming doesn't mean you can't do it if you're submissive or vice versa.
0: Yeah. 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 I've always said it's the combination of the act and the like intention or the manner in which you do something that, that makes the like the impact of what it is, that there's no, there's no tool, there's no act that is inherently healing or inherently, uh, wounding that it is, you know, it, it is, it is the combination of actuality and all of those things that brings it together.
1: Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I think we went to good places.
0: Yeah. We went to good places. Really good yeah. places. I have, uh, like two closing questions. You feel, you feel ready for that? Yeah. Yeah. Is that feel sure? Good? Yeah. I'm ready. I'm, ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. So the first one is how do you like people to find you? Where do you want to send
1: people? What's the people are like, yes, Sonny. Wanna... Okay. First of all, um, My podcast, which is American Sex Podcast, drops every Monday. It's on every podcast player you can imagine. So just look it up, American Sex Podcast. Um, If you would like to find me on social media, I'm Sunny Megatron everywhere. So at tag S-U-N-N-Y-M-E-G-A-T-R-O-N on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on everything you can imagine. um, Or just SunnyMegatron.com. Yeah. Oh, also, there's a thing. We started doing this every Wednesday night. Uh, there is a platform called Get Vocal, which is a live streaming platform. It is absolutely free. And every uh, Wednesday night, my partner and I do free sex ed live streams. So tonight... We're going to be talking about erotic humiliation, which is a lot of the stuff that came up today. I think it's going to come up. Um, and we try every broadcast to give away to a live viewer a sex toy because I, I like to be the sex toy fairy godmother and spread the joy as much as I can. So Wednesday nights on Get Vocal, spelled G-E-T-V-O-K-L, or if you just follow me on any social media, you'll see me tweeting and you know retelling about it.
0: Awesome. Okay. Those are great invitations. Thank you, Sandy. absolutely. So the final question is about this. I'm like, are you with me on this? I think you am. The quantum (coughs) field, you were with me. I'll throw it out there. It's the final question is, I believe that's not how you start a question. I believe that we are literally weaving a new culture and paradigm and reality, like the quantum field. We're shifting uh, the, the core vibrational be- existence that we're doing on earth and to the point of shifted manifested, shifted cultural, shifted physical experiences, birthing a new earth, not a, not a new metaphor, actually doing it in real time. And, and my closing question is, where are we going? What's a sign? What's an image? What is a, when you imagine that new earth, that we're calling in when you're weaving, when you're calling, when you're using your practices to say, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm letting this world go. I'm calling this world in. What's that world? Where are we going?
1: I think we are moving away from judgment, binaries should shouldn'ts into something that is much more fluid, something that acknowledges nuance um, and something that, you know, gets past even the physical and taps down to, to those core emotional common denominators that I talked about. I think we're really starting to get real and we're starting to recognize how infinitely different we all are and that wherever we fall on that infinite scale of differentness, we're cool, but at the same time, how exactly the same we are. Yeah. hopefully we'll get there soon hopefully we'll get there because it's like oh it's a hard road man yeah
0: well it's a while we're living in a wild zone right now it's really the planet is really voicing we're really exposing a lot of our dysfunction collectively on the planet right now nothing like a health crisis to 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 expose what's working and what's not working right and that's oh, true in yes. any in any dynamic like inside a home personally inside your own personal self and your personal life inside inside a culture and as a globe that's being exposed right now like what's working and what's not working on a fundamental level health is health crisis exposes that
1: yeah and i i think though unfortunately we're kind of in sink or swim you know it's like things are going dysfunctional with the relationship we they're going to stick it out or we're going to get a divorce. So <laughs> we're at that like point. Co- as as life, collective I don't even... with the
0: planet right now. It's real. It's exactly. real. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I feel like, it's, and I'm like a, like a, <laughs> this sounds to I don't know, maybe not stupid. this is like, it's like, I'm, it's like, I'm swimming and unless, to get sank, you know, is like how I feel about it. Right. It's like, it's like, you're going yeah. to have to take me down swimming, you know, like, it's like, that's, yeah. that's that the place that, that I'm in right now. And, and I'm really spending a lot of time, very focused time in the quantum field in that like weaving kind of prayer looking space, like spending a lot of time in that space and then getting more and more focused about how I'm interacting with the material world and, and trying to get clearer and clearer about seeing clearly what's happening here so that I can have more discernment when I go into the quantum field, like going and I, I work largely, I've, I have worked and I still do largely work in that quantum space on those core issues that we're talking about. Worthiness, wellness, vitality, vibrancy, ecstasy, like those, it's like that freedom, autonomy, uh, uh, intimacy, these like whole, this like what we know is to be the the truth of existence, right? Like love, like these core things. Uh And I'm having this journey, right? Of like, what does that look like when it's in form, like manifested? And then looking at things in their manifested form, like what do they need from that quantum field, like back and forth? So I'm really in this place right now of going, that's like my full-time job, actually. Like, that's what I'm doing. You know, that's what I'm really... That's that's my job. All the other business stuff, financial, all of that, relationships, other people, all of that to me is that's the play. That's the like human adventure. My like being, my ah. sentient being is doing this work. That's the important work. And that's what I'm doing right now while I'm also like playing this game as like Sophia. And 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 that game as Sophia is informing that. Like that's what I feel like I'm ah, coming into, yeah. is like. In that I could I could drop the body and just go into the quantum field, but I'm learning so much more about what it is to be a creator of of the manifested world and and what is function and dysfunction, what allows for vibrancy and unfolding, being here, uh-huh. being here, um, and that insight alone feels really um, like grounding and liberating to me yeah. to just like say that to you of just being like, yeah, yeah. they're like. I would be doing this work in or out of my body, and I'm still in my body because it's constructive to it. It's lending its hand. Um, so,
1: yeah. Good Other, work. It's a lot. It's a lot. No wonder you got a little tantrum-y. I mean, you know. Thanks, babe. <laughs> 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 it really was a
0: lot. It was, it, it is a lot, Aww. and that was a lot. It was a lot finishing a project yeah. and literally digressing a shredded, um, patriarchy while weaving a new reality, which was like very much what I was doing all the time. And I feel like I've woven, I went through a deep ceremony in February and really did weave this paradigm that I am this, this quantum space. And I'm kind of traveling between now and now it's a question for me of how do I, how do I, Man, how do I become the landscape where it manifests this way, like out of the quantum into right. reality? And then how do I, I get more and more clarity in the 3D, in the material, that's the material, and then take that clarity into the quantum? Um, but I really spent the majority of my work – I can't say majority. I did a lot of work in the material in the past year. But, yeah, it's been a run. It's been a run, I'll tell you what. But I see, also it's like mind – what, like, like it's like – Like, heads up to, like, my listeners, heads up to those of you who are just joining me. Shit's happening. Shit's happening fast. Shit's changing fast every day. There's, like, portal jumping, reality jumping shit every day. My life is full of, like, blow your mind miracles. Did that just really happen? Like, that's some ridiculous synchronicity. So everything that we said here, like I said, like, by the time this podcast released, half of the things that I talk about will likely be things that are, like, like on and moving. So I encourage you to like, I don't know, keep checking me out, look back in and look to see something different. Look to see a different reality because it's happening. You're talking about it needing to happen fast. And what I'm saying is it's happening fast. That's what I can say for me. It's happening fast. And I don't know if it could happen any faster and I could stay in the material. Um, Actually, it's like kind of the speed at which moving sunny Megatron, Any other closing comments?
1: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, just open your eyes. If you're not a kinkster, or maybe you are a kinkster, but you've practiced it in that kind of little box that we've all been taught kink is, your mind is a playground. Like really think of all the possibilities and all the things you can do. Keep learning, keep playing, keep experimenting, and yeah, your mind will be blown. Your life will will change
0: let your mind let your Uh mind change yeah yeah the permission to be turned on the permission to play without it being related to sex the permission to play and have it feel good and be related to sex like how about that's my offer of this it's like the permission the blessing of like have a good time find out what a good time is by exploring your edges and and entrusting one another it's such a practice of trust to be able to develop that kind of intimacy and sharing Um, and there's so many, I mean, Mm -hmm. go check out Sunny's podcast, go check out all of her resources. There's so much information out there to get you started, like doing your own journaling and looking at it. And also there are resources. You don't have to like make it up all by yourself. Um, and if this lights something up in you that is, doesn't feel related to sex, like take that and run with it. Yes. Um, yeah. And if we said, make it your own, make it your own. And if some, if we said something that doesn't. That stirred something in you that we didn't say, right? That is related to sex or some other thing. Like, just pretend we said it. <laughs> we said, Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Go try that out. Just Exactly. Uh, just keep take, going down that road. Yeah, and, go down yeah. that road. Take care of yourself. Take yeah. care of each other. All right. Thank you so much, Sonny. Thank you for joining thank you. us. Ew. And um, uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of you listening, thank you so much for joining. I just give you so much love, so much gratitude. Um, I just realized just realized i may have been peeking a little bit more on this recording than i wish i had been and uh what can you do you just live and learn uh love you love you love you thank you thank you thank you uh, i invite you to go check out other episodes of medicine caller which was previously called vagina talks um and i invite you to just just kind of Take a Journey, check it out. Uh, If you love the vibe, subscribe. If you loved this episode, go ahead and hit a rate and review. And uh, if you're listening, if you're watching this on uh, Facebook Live, go ahead. Medicine Caller on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, all the landscapes you can go. You can listen to this episode, see all the links that we talked about, dropped about stuff. All the links will be there. And, And let me see if there's anything else and you're beautiful. And, uh, the best way to take care of your health is to relax. So make that a priority and, uh, take care of each other. Take care of yourself. Lots of love. Peace. gorgeous one. Thank you. I want to take a moment in closing. I have a few things. First, take a breath. (sighs) Second, I want to remind you that this in itself can be transmission and medicine. So take care of yourself right now. If this is medicine for you, I have a few invitations. One is hit that subscribe button. Leave me a rate and review. It's very, very helpful. In addition, I would love to stay connected with you. Come over to my website, sophiawiseone.com or find me on Instagram at One and get connected. And if this is feeding you, I encourage you to join the virtual temple that is up and gorgeous and happening. And that is my Patreon. And I'm inviting you to join us there. If this episode or another episode fed you and was just what you need, consider sending it and sharing it with a friend. Thank you. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for all your work, all your medicine. I know deep in my being, you are weaving with me. Thank you. Thank you. We are in this together.